don't know if any of you feel like this. This is what happens when you're consumed with something or something. Go ahead. You can't stop thinking about them. You don't have an appetite because they are your appetite. Hey then, come on, come on. You just fool on them. Nothing else matter. Can't see anything else. To see me with him. How much I enjoy spending time with him or her. Amen. So much so, hurry up, want work to just get out of the way. Because I, I just want to bypass everything to get to him. They know what you're talking about. I'm at a place even now feeling that I still can't get enough of him. I was telling Minister Brown, uh, Brian that I felt like this. I felt like I'm not, I'm not hearing from God. So you know what? Because the, the depth of my ear has gotten deeper and it can hold a lot more. So I'm feeling like I'm not really hearing, but I'm hearing. I just want to hear a lot more. So much that I feel empty because I can't get full of him. Do you ever feel like that? Oh, you just feel like you're just too full, can't take no more of him. Until you remain empty of yourself, you can never take any more of him in. God has given me a word. And the message today is to fine-tune your focus. Fine-tune your focus. Focus is this. It's an apparatus that's used to adjust your focal length of an optical system in order to make an image distinct or clear. Listen again. Focus is an apparatus used to adjust the focal length of an optical system in order to make an image distinct or clear. In most cases, it's a camera considered to be the apparatus to adjust, to focus the length of an optical system in order to make something real distinct and clear. So you can really see what is the subject. In the spiritual case, the apparatus is Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is used to adjust your focal length of your natural sight. your natural sight being the camera. But Holy Spirit adjusts your natural sight so that you can make clear from a great distance what's distinct and what's reality. See, so you got all these other objects, but what is your focus? 
So in your life, you have a lot, lot of people in your life, or few. And you have a lot of things going on, or few. But what is your focus? What's your focus? What's your focus in life? Are you focusing on anything? Someone tell me, one person, what's your focus? I want to hear from a student. Hold on, Cindy. I want to hear from a, a young student. DJ, looking right at you. What's your focus? coming to you. Now, I'm coming to you because this is a time to be serious. You have a destiny. You should have a goal in life. It's okay to play around and enjoy life. But you want to be a man of God. And being a man of God, you're going to be a leader. And being a leader means that you're going to be a husband one day. And being a husband one day means that you have to be a provider. And you have seen when a person provides and they can't provide, have you not? So you need to have a focus. Hear me? Which means you will have control of where you're going for your destiny. See, we have to take hold of our young students' mind immediately. Because if not, you'll be a statistics. Your, own, your only goal would be the next brand name shoes, making someone else rich, spending money that you don't really have, not coming up with the next invention. Because you're trying to come up with the next new pair of shoes. Where is that going to get you? New fashion, new clothes. Where is it going to get you? And then we normally spend money we don't have. If you play in a sport, what is your goal? Do you want to be in the NFL? Or am I just using my money for you just to play around in your cleats and run around on the field? I want to know, uh, have you been holding a football since age two and you can't seem to stop sleeping with it? See, I, you can tell when a, a child has a certain talent or focus because that's all they do. I want to know what is your focus. So, Cindy, go ahead and give me your focus. Focus is Jesus, but probably hasn't always been, right? See, and the reason I'm asking that, because we, those who are born again, we really need to talk about focus and finding, tuning your focus. So focus is this, it's your center of your interest. What's the center of your interest? Is it money? 
because the stock market can crash. What's going to happen? Because your see your focus is money. It's, it means the center of your attention. What has the center of your attention? Is it your situation? Is that your focus? Is it my friends? Is it my family? Is it my children? Our children can be our focus. If anything that's not God is your focus, it's a distraction. The majority of Christians are complacent. Pastor, they've been in the same place for decades. Why the people who are not saved are moving forward in the natural things. We possess a power that we can't make operate. We have a superhuman power that we can't seem to make operate. And we have seemed to have lost the grip of our destiny. God. I would surmise that our main problem is that we don't have one focus. The Bible says this. The children of the world are wiser than the children of God. Because they understand how to take things that are practical and put them into principle. And stay focused enough until they actually accomplish that. We do the opposite. We avoid being practical and we hide behind spirituality. Practical things. If I have bills, I need to pay them. It's like, okay, I, I take one step forward, and then something else happens. Then something else happens. Because it's practical things that you just don't do. We don't have to go to a financial advisor. First thought was wrong is that you were spending money you didn't have. Novel thought. If I don't have it, don't spend it. Now do I need to go to a credit consultant to consult my bills. No, what I can do is run my credit check myself, see all of my creditors, and make arrangement to make the minimum payment. Practical. And actually do what you say you're going to do. See, we avoid the practicality and hide behind God's going to Make a way through. He's going he's to make a way. Having it, then we're going to sow a seed on it. You can't sow a seed on something that's natural. You can do it. It don't take the supernatural to actually go and pay your bills. It takes a heart attitude of having integrity. We are building a generation of people to enter into another generation of poverty because of lack of integrity. 
see, the, the pseudo wealth. I buy a car that looked like I have money, but I really don't have it. And I buy clothes that look like I really have money. And again, I don't have it. I buy all these name brand things to appear that I have a lot of money, but I don't have it. Practical things. Say practical things. So let's talk about the fine-tuning your focus. There was a group of scientists at this jet propulsion laboratory who actually created this sensitive telescope, which is called Micro Arch Second Metrology Test Bed. This sensitive telescope had the ability to see an astronaut from a quarter million miles away from the Earth. Could see the actual astronaut smiling and winking his or her pinky. Okay? From the Earth. 250,000 miles from the Earth. This sensitive telescope requires the ability to focus within one-tenth the width of a hydrogen atom, which is one million of the width of your thickest part of your hair, one strength of hair, one string of hair. This telescope, and the reason I'm telling you this is that this is the focus that God has given you and beyond. So that you can see what you can't see. So he presents to you science, telescope, but Holy Spirit adjusts your natural sight to have supernatural sight to see what you can't see all of your abilities, but see, someone else have to tell you, and maybe you'll believe it. Or you'll read some kind of help book. But he's already given you the book, the Bible. He said, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You can see into the invisible. When you're sick, you're healed. But you keep saying you're sick because of the symptoms. And that's all it is, symptoms. Are you still with me? Let's go to the biblical example. And I will be out of here at 1.30. I'm going to talk about the Second uh, Corinthians 4, basically the entirety of it, because we have to read the entire chapter here for you to really understand what's going on. So it's 2 Corinthians 4, and it really talks about, Apostle Paul is really talking about his life, his journey in the ministry, how he was persecuted, how other people thought that he was preaching, and which they thought he was preaching falsely. They thought that he was diluting the word. These are things that they were saying about Apostle Paul. He was fighting his health. He was fighting aging. He was fighting great persecution. And he was fighting the believers. 
This is 2 Corinthians 4. And so stay with me as we read through here. Verse 1. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are perplexed, we are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get kicked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith. The psalmist, had, the psalmist when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Last verse. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the trouble we can see now. Rather, we fix our glaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So what is Apostle Paul, what is he saying here? Right in the beginning, he says he has something to say about himself. Is that he's never lost heart. Never, never gave up. And the great task that was given to him, this is what he never gave up on. It's the task that was given to him, the call. 
See, we're not so excited about being called a saint. He said, because I was called by God, I will never give up. This is a task that I have been given. So you're not excited about the call. I can understand because you don't quite understand your creator. When he called you, that was the greatest call. But you think your greatest call is your degree. You think your greatest call is your, the numbers in your bank account. You think your greatest call will be the day that you get married. You think your greatest call when you really, you really make it in life. You think your greatest call will be then. Your greatest call has already happened. It's when he called you to be a saint. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Two things keep him going. He is conscious, forever conscious of the great task. See, you're not excited about working in the kingdom of God. You're not excited about that. I'm going to have a talk with you, DJ. Matter of fact, come up here. Yep, just like in class. Come up in here on the second row. See, but this is what the adults do inside. They don't pay attention. Just like the young ones. See, this is insignificant until one day you may wake up and you're paralyzed from the neck down for no reason. Just wake up and screaming, Mom, I can't move. I don't know what's wrong with me. I need you to pray. The questions you may have to ask you, do you believe? This life is real. Whether you decide to accept it or not. Two things kept him going. The consciousness of a great task. And being reminded of the mercy he received. See, we're not being reminded, Avery, of the mercy that you receive. That he does not Allow death to take your breath this very moment. It doesn't allow you to just have a cardiac arrest this very moment. See, you don't have to have a heart problem to have cardiac arrest. Your heart just stops. It means rest. See, until something, unfortunately, until something like that has to happen to you, you're just not going to walk with God. For some of us, you're just not going to walk with him until something like that happens. You're going to continue being disobedient. You're going to continue to keep playing in church, the old one and the young ones. See, this is why the children have to always be at church. No matter what's going on. You know why? The more they're away from church, the more they're away from church. The more they're away from church, the more they are away from church. Adults, too. The more that you're away, the more that you're away mentally. See, and it's hard to receive the word of God. You know why? Because I've been receiving the word of the world. 
I've been receiving the word of the world, and the world has more value to me than the word. But the world didn't give you life. The word of God breathed in you. I just don't know what it's going to take. Because even in the faith, face of death, we're, we're only moved just that moment. We're only moved just that moment, the day of the couple of days before the funeral. Mm-hmm. Walling out. That'd be your, someone close to your mother, your father, one of your siblings, your brother, something. You, I mean, you're walling out. A good two weeks gone past, you don't forgot the person. Mm-hmm. You forgot the person. You don't forgot just how deep you was crying, how hurt you were. You know why? Because naturally, we're just selfish. You go back, you know what? You revert back to yourself. Yes, Pastor. No, it's so true. Uh, as all of y'all know, today is what? 9-11. 15 years ago, the world was shocked. Churches filled up the next three weeks. Everybody turning back to God. Now look at, we got same-sex marriage, transgender. We got all these things going on. See how the world, for a few minutes, they were all seeking God because of the tragedy that happened. Just like what she's telling you now. Until something tragic in your life, you don't think you need God. Whole world, everybody, churches filled up, overflowing. Now they're closing down. See, see what I'm saying? We, we flow like the world. Or the church is filling up just with people going. Just, just going. To, just to go. Three Life weeks not changing. After that, nobody, now they're now they, they coming against the church. You can't even meet together now. They're having it. But three weeks after 9-11, the churches were filled. After that, no one in the churches now. Something, until something tragic happens, you don't think you need them. What Paul is saying oh, yeah, here dude. is that my troubles that I experienced, and if this was a reality to you, you wouldn't worry anymore. I want you to hear this. Is that the troubles that I go through now, being that I'm saved, mm-hmm. it is allowing me to suffer with God. It's allowing me to bring glory. This is the end result is glory. Mm-hmm. But see, but you can't see the glory. You just feel what is pain. But he said, you get an opportunity to share in my suffering. And when you share my suffering, he said, your body is dying. Mm. Come on, teach. Your body is dying every day when you share in my suffering. He said, and when your body, see, the body needs to die. And when the body dies daily, he said, then you are strong. See, but you're still trying to revive that dead body. Yep. You're still trying to find out why I'm going through and I want to get out of this instead of accepting the suffering. See, you, don't, you don't understand how it ties you to his death. Mm. See, you want to reign with him. All day. But you don't want to suffer with him. But Paul said this. His aim for all what God did for him, Pastor, he said he aimed to spend the rest of his life 
seeking to do something for the love which comprehended him, apprehended him, mm-hmm. that redeemed him. He said, for the rest of my life, I'm seeking after him because he redeemed me. Mm-hmm. I'm spending the rest of my life, Greg, seeking after the person yeah. that saved me. Yeah. He said, you caused me. See, but we're seeking after things and people. That's what we're seeking after. This is why we still need to be loved. But Paul said, I'm seeking after love. That's the real love. So he says here, fine-tune your focus on Christ. The reason why we can't seem to be in focus is a great deal that has to do with our spiritual diet. 80% of our spiritual diet, just like naturally, has with losing weight. The other 20% is exercise. Something I'm speaking that I need to do. But 80% of our diet, spiritually, we need to be receiving the word. And what has not been happening is that there's nothing wrong or happened with you being born again. A lot of times we think, well, what, did I get born again? Romans 10, 9, is something wrong? Do I need to go back and do Romans 10, 9? No, that's fine. The problem doesn't lie there. The problem lies in your spiritual teachers and preachers. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So if you're not believing, what's the problem? Hearing by the word. So what's the problem? The word that you heard. Why can't I, why, why am I still struggling as a Christian to live right? Because of what you heard. Why can't I seem to do the things that are righteous and I'm born and made righteous because of what you heard? Why can't we believe because of what you heard? You hear a message that says, this is your breakthrough. Double for your trouble. See, the double for your trouble makes you get excited. So, oh, what I went through. So now the Lord will give me double for that. Oh, yeah, glory to God. So this does nothing for your spiritual man, but everything for your emotions. So I heard, I heard a good word. Oh, he, re- he preached the house down, but he didn't destroy no yoke in your life. You still the same, doing the same things. That demon is still following you. You know what? If you, if you don't correct someone, they're doing something wrong, do you love them? So if you love your children, correct them. If you haven't changed after hearing the word of God, it means that you heard the letter and not the spirit of the letter. You need to check who you're sitting under. Because you could be sitting under a label 
and not a person who's authorized to make a deposit in your spirit that will bring about change. See, the person has to be authorized to make a deposit in your spirit for you to receive the word of God. See, because this is why the word of God says, I've given you pastors after my own heart. You have to be where God has given you that pastor. Otherwise, nothing about your life is going to change because he has given you. You don't select and choose who's going to be your pastor. God does. And when he does, that person has legal spiritual rights to make a deposit in your spirit. That calls you, when you hear the word of God, you change. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot. See, what's going to happen is that you have children that are not yours. That's real good. See, when you have children that are not yours. That's right. You ain't my mama. I don't call it purple. You ain't my mama. They kind of said a little different, though. See, that's what happened. And they give you the attitude that you're not my mother. See, because you're not my biological. See, you're, you're not authorized to speak to me and to give me instruction. This is why we get a lot of bucking in the natural family. Because still somehow... We still don't receive that person as my parent. So you're not authorized to parent me. See, this is why you need to really be where God has called you to be with your parent, your spiritual parent. The conclusion of the whole matter, stay focused no matter what. The reason why the enemy keep messing with your mind and trying to stop you from focusing is because he wants to get you away from your destiny. He knows that this is the biggest time in your life to where you're very near to your point of purpose and destiny, and he brings a major distraction. But here at Walker Ministry, we are building up leaders and people that will not take no for an answer. We're going to praise God for the promises. Amen. Whether we see it or not, we're going to praise God for the promise. God is repositioning us. This is what you were feeling, discomfort. He's repositioning us. The word of God says he's a very present help in time of need. But you're waiting for God to do it for you. If he's a very present help, means that you have something already in you that's going to help the helper. You have to help the helper. You have to participate with the helper. Amen. You, see, we're waiting on God to do it. Just like your deliverance. You've got to participate in your own deliverance. Most of the time we're asking God to speak into our situation. But he can't. You know why? Because you're everywhere. Today, I want to be a barber. Tomorrow... I want to drive trucks. Next day, I want to go work in Burger King because I can't seem to get the job with the barber and the other job. He said, you keep 
He said, you are so unstable. I can't speak to you. I can't speak into your life because you won't be in one place for me to speak to you. That is so good. You're unstable. He can't speak into someone who's unstable. Double-minded. I think I want to do this today. I want to do that. No, I know. No, I need. No, I want to do. I really. No, this is what I really want to do. No, you don't. Mm -mm. That man received nothing. I want us to really remember that we are not a defeated people. Amen. We're people of purpose because we're people who are fine-tuning our focus, and our focus is back to Christ. Our focus is the kingdom of God. Our focus is bringing those out of darkness back into this marvelous light. Our focus is living in integrity and saying what we mean and actually do it. Our focus is that we're going to be practical and we're going to implement those practical things. Amen. And we're not going to require to now go in tongues and go on a fast for something that you could actually just get up and do. If you're not happy where you're at, then move out. If you're not happy at the job, then get another job. If, you don't, if you're not working, go get a job. It's just some practical things that you just need to do. You may need to get two jobs. I, I can't seem to, you know, move out. Well, you need two jobs. You may even need three, but you can do it. If you have your health and your strength, you have control of your destiny and what you're doing and what you're experiencing. You're the only one to blame if you're not succeeding. And focus itself means to move forward and to succeed. That's right. That's what focus means. It means to move forward and to succeed. I mean, you want to really make a mark in life, really do something with yourself. This is why, and it's more than um, family. God puts certain people together in a family for a certain purpose. And you have an auntie that is relentless, and I've been this way all my life, that no one around me is going to fail. Amen. I don't want to be succeeding. And then you crawling and trying to make, and you eating crumbs, and I'm, I, I have a fine dinner plate. I, I don't want to be doing that alone. I want us all to be doing it together. Amen. So when I call you out, I'm calling you out to call you up. I'm Amen. calling you out to call you up because you, it's, it's not good enough that you're going to just be barely making it. DJ is not going to be barely making it. No. He's not going to see the struggles that his father has seen. Nope. There's no need for him to see those struggles, except that he chooses to. Amen. I want you all to know about focus, that God has to be your focus again, no matter what you're going through, what you're experiencing, because it's time for the body of Christ to move forward and to actually really succeed for real. Amen? Amen. 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 Proud That's of you, Jalen. Doing some great things. Amen. Excellent. Excellent teaching, excellent teaching.